It's a company Ooh. that defined the industry, and so people just call it a Chiron, like Kleenex and Xerox. Band-Aids. Mm-hmm. Reach-Arounds, um, all named after the originator. Johnny Reach-Around. Yeah, you told us about it's, uh, a few weeks ago. Johnny Flyswatter and Doug Reach-Around. Wait, what? <laughs> we've we've covered this. this. No, I I did <laughs> research on the one, but what, what's the Flyswatter? <laughs> you researched Doug Reach-Around? Cat, do you need to research what a Flyswatter is? <laughs> to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence right now, today. My name's Will, and joining me, as always, are my friends and co-hosts, Kat and John. Hey, guys. Hello. I feel like I'm really in now. I'm just like one of the guys here. Yeah, I was thinking about that not too long ago. We were, when you're in a situation, you become good friends with a woman, and you know we talk once a week like this, and we try to be as open mm-hmm. and honest as possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. you start saying stuff, you're like, wait a second, am I... <laughs> Being sexist or inconsiderate, <laughs> or am I being an egalitarian when we talk about Johnny Reach around? Doug. Or, oh, sorry, sorry, Doug. Yeah, that's the, yeah. <laughs> you gotta. Doug. So you, you, can, right. you can fix it in post. That's okay. Yeah. You got his name wrong. Doug. <laughs> Get a clean one. Doug. Perfect. Hey, don't forget, in addition to his co hosting duties right here, John, right as soon as he gets off of this, is going to go and host his own podcast, <laughs> Jen Explode. He might actually be doing it right now. Are we doing it right at now. the same time? I have two earbuds. One earbud yeah. is for the other show, one is for this one. Oh. <laughs> right now, you're going to hear him say something to Mo or George, and it's not going to make You'll sense wonder. to us. Just, yeah. It'll make sense later when you hear the other show. Now, hey, on today's show, we're going to be discussing the interesting and heartwarming connections that the new Quantum Leap series has to the original 1989 show. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I was thinking about this because that if folks, even if they weren't a fan of the original, even if they weren't, mm-hmm. and if they're not a fan of the continuation or they haven't checked it out yet, I think they'll at least be curious about it when we're done. Mm-hmm. But more likely, I think they'll give it a chance you know, or, or a yeah. second chance if they maybe had written it off because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know the kind mm-hmm. of stuff, the way it's connected to the old show to me just makes it richer and more interesting. And yeah, absolutely. I think Will just called himself a thought leader. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did I just do a TED talk? After this show, you will, oh. you will be interested in these shows. Thanks to the yes. information I have to provide. I'm a thought leader. I like it. Will or hypnotist. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and and uh, I will say, look, I think we're going to reveal some spoilers, but most of the information we're going to discuss are about the ties to the older show in mm-hmm. connection with the newer show. We're not going to reveal how the new Beckett, Sam Beckett, escapes every harrowing timeline he visits. So there'll be plenty of reasons left to watch mm-hmm. the show even after we talk, okay? All right, Absolutely. don't be scared. Everybody's okay. okay. All right. Before that, we're going to review current news stories related to 1980s media, including how we'll be getting more candy for Thanksgiving. Um, How Stallone told the studio it's over Johnny in 1988 maybe and why boys don't cry even when being attacked by Paul Weller I started to wonder if I prepped the right articles I'm like yep. does that make oh. is that, which one is that related to you don't know it's, yeah. it's so it's it's like a puzzle within an enigma I love okay. or maybe it's just terrible that's that's the spirit she just tell you what it is be more direct before that however i want to make uh this is this is what happens right the last time i gave a book i kept saying before that and before that all right before the quantum leap thing like right before it but after the news (laughs) but after the all right in between these two things i just teased we're going to give away this book, the kick-ass. Uh, but before you tune out. Yeah. <laughs> before you, I can't guarantee that, John. 
because you may not be still hearing this, but we'll be giving away the kick-ass book of Cobra Kai, the official behind-the-scenes companion uh, to the Netflix series. Uh, the uh, publishers for this sent us to give away this copy. It's It just came out. Uh, let's see, no, I'm sorry. It's just coming out officially tomorrow, November 15th. Ooh, all right. Uh, but we have Is our- Is it a big like, hardback coffee table book? Yeah, I, I oh yeah, yeah. Is it hardcover? Yeah. I, see, I now, can't feel the weight, but it looks, yeah. I it didn't want to break the binding on it, but it's got a lot of, yeah, yeah, pictures yeah, yeah. and- Writing in big mm-hmm. font, so you don't have to feel pictures too- and words. Yeah. That's a good. Oh book. yeah, yeah, pictures of the characters. <laughs> it's All the full kind of package. <laughs> All right, hey, before that though, I wanted to. <laughs> before that, okay, hey, I want to make a quick announcement. Oh damn! <laughs> before that though, nothing is going to happen effect. on the actual show. Before that though, good night, everyone. Before that, Gen X grown up. Uh, I want to let you guys know about this Kickstarter that I learned about. Uh, by a journalist, Stephen Vass. Okay. So when everybody, anybody ever talks about synth music, including myself mo- from the early 1980s, mostly we're focusing on the British invaders or the beginnings of dance music or how it uh, influenced mm-hmm. early hip hop. But we tend to ignore the generation of mainly black stars in America and the UK who used synths, drum machines and sequencers to mm-hmm. create new music as they transitioned from more traditional R&B from the 70s into the 1980s. Oh, okay. And as a journalist for over 20 years, Steve wants to shed some light on these architects of synth R&B, how it exploded into new fragments and forms throughout the 1980s. Mm -hmm. What's really cool is next September is the 40th anniversary of one of my favorite dance songs from the 1980s, Shannon's Let the Music Play. Yeah. Mm. Steve has a goal of getting this published by then. So if you want to help Steve publish, let the music play. The synth invasion so good everyone forgot it happened. (laughs) You can... uh, a good title. Send him some money via Kickstarter. There is a link to that effort in the show notes below. Very nice. I'm very excited about I'm this. I'm clicking right now. Book. It's just another right. angle mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. since, you know, look guys, you know, I've talked about this many times. We've had guests that just talked to Paul Robb from Information Society about this kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Sir Mix a lot. Mm-hmm. Start from the hip hop side of it. Yeah. All right. Hey, that's enough of that. Now, after all that. <laughs> but before the thing after. Before it. the end of the show, we're going to get caught up on 1980. <laughs> Does that mean we are during right now? <laughs> but during, during, <laughs> it's happening. Talk about quantum it's currently leap. happening. Always about time travel. All right, hey, in 1980s news this week, as told to the Hollywood Reporter, Sylvester Stallone turned down 34 million dollars for I Rambo just, Four in 1988. That's 1980s money too. When I read this article, mm-hmm. that's 34 million. Back then. Yeah. That's it's like wow. the article said it was like 80 some million. <laughs> yeah. Holy $85 tomato. million dollars today. Whew. You don't need mm. to adjust that for me. Like, 34. Five. It could be, <laughs> yeah. be one. Right. 3485 will not change my style yeah. or mode of living at all. Right. <laughs> I know, this is kind of crazy, right? You know, now, I've already got two pools. I don't need a third, really. <laughs> Yeah, so in a wide-ranging injury with The Hollywood Reporter, Stallone touched on a number of things, including his biggest payday. Stallone explained, as I mentioned, that he turned down this $34 million sum for a sequel to 1988's Rambo 3. He said, quote, we thought Rambo 3 was going to be the biggest hit. This was before it came out, and I was paid a fortune for it. Then they go, we want Rambo 4. Here it is. Pay or play. $34 million. I go, let's not jump the gun here. <laughs> <laughs> what was the fortune for Rambo 3? I'm so curious. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Something oh, yeah. south of 34 million, I guess. Right? But yeah, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and when the interview pointed out, like John just said, that it was a 1980s dollar, Stallone said that he was an idiot. 
for turning down the role at that time. Now, of course, in 2008, he ultimately does make a Rambo 4 uh, called uh, Rambo. I would normally probably go, what's wrong with you? $34 million, just do it. But, mm-hmm. you know, in, uh, later in my life now, as I get older, yeah. I'm realizing that it's, you can't just get paid. There's not enough money to get paid to get kicked in the teeth. If there's something you just really don't want to do, mm-hmm. there is a limit. Okay. And the difference is Stallone didn't need that money. Right. So if he didn't, you know, again, he had all the money you couldn't get. Well, we're not going to use it. <laughs> if I left that part of the show in. <laughs> Something about apples and applesauce. <laughs> you know, he just had so much already. He was a superstar already. And so I can understand like it, 34 million didn't mean 34 million to him back then. It just meant more money in the bank that doesn't change my way of living. And he didn't yeah. want to right. do it. Right. So it's not yeah. like, oh, I ruined my career. He's still got an amazing career. So I can respect, I can respect someone who says, that's just not right for me right now, regardless sure. of the paycheck. You know, sure. I, I get that now. When younger, I'd be like, give me the money. Yeah. You know, I'll fight Tyson. How much, you know, what, what are it costs, right? Yeah. But now I would not fight Tyson, no matter the money. No. That's one of those things where <laughs> you get older. Mm. So I wonder why he regrets it now or, or considers himself um, hmm. stupid. Because he no longer has $34 million, maybe? Yeah, <laughs> he would like to have it again. <laughs> what's going on with him now that he misses that yeah, money? I think, he's, oh. I think he's doing all right. And I think I elsewhere think so. in the article, he sort of says something like you say, John, I didn't make a note about that, but talking about how the older you get, you, you know, it's that idea of you value different, th- different things. And I think it makes a comment about, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I'm not even going to paraphrase, but the same idea, you know, that you don't, you're not on your deathbed saying, I wish I had more money, you know, yes. yeah. but also yeah. interesting to us eighties kids, I thought was that, um, he was asked that since both Rocky four and Rambo three are considered a peak cold war you know, proxy battles. Mm-hmm. In fact, some people right. credit him with, uh, you know, ending the Cold War when uh, Rocky beat Drago in, uh, right. in uh, Rocky IV. I um, will break you. So they asked him for his uh, <laughs> thoughts about the headlines today as somebody who helped Americans grapple with that, you know, similar anxiety back then. So mm-hmm. said, quote, Russia was really upset with those movies. The horrible thing is that as much as you think cinema is going to change things, there's a culture of violence when you're dealing with any powerful militaristic government. Mm-hmm. Mine was how I wished it could be. His film was how he wished it could be. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. sad is I now see how it really is, and it's incredibly tragic. That's heavy. So <laughs> I thought this was funny in the article because you have you guys ever heard this rumor? Now this is not deal with a 1980s film, but he's certainly a 1980s uh, icon. Uh, both of these gentlemen, but there had been this long rumor that there was such a rivalry between Schwarzenegger and Stallone that oh. Schwarzenegger <laughs> tricked Stallone into doing "Stop or My Mom Will Shoot." <laughs> by pretending he was interested in doing it. Hey, you'd never heard that rumor? I, I didn't happen to have heard oh, it, oh but God. it was fun to read about. <laughs> yeah, so that, this is, they've heard this for years, probably since the film came out. It was this story. <laughs> and so when Stallone was commenting on films that he made that weren't as successful as the Rambos mm-hmm. or Rockies, for example, mm-hmm. he said he thought Stop or My Mom Will Shoot was originally going to be more like Throw Mama from the Train. The mom in it was going to be like uh, the late, uh, hmm, shoot. The woman, she's in that. She's in the Goonies. Uh, and her name oh, is... Oh, 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 oh. And um, um, instead, he said, you put the nicest woman in Hollywood, Estelle Getty, in there. And so the movie was what, is, what it was, and it wasn't great. Uh, and Stallone said, uh, quote, I heard that Schwarzenegger was going to do the movie, and so I said, I'm going to beat him to it. I think he set <laughs> me up. So the reporter here in Hollywood, the Hollywood Reporter, uh, rather the interviewer in Hollywood Reporter, reached out to Schwarzenegger to ask him if it was true 
that he lured Stallone into doing the film. And, and uh, Schwarzenegger responded, quote, it's 100% true. <laughs> in those days, we did all kinds of crazy things to, to get ahead in our rivalry. Luckily for us and everyone else, today we root for each other. Thank God, because we sure don't ever need another stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> I love that backstory. <laughs> Can you imagine all the people that worked on that film? It only happened because Schwarzenegger was playing a joke on Stallone. I mean, uh, I guess Love Tony Danza would have done it if, if neither of them did it. Didn't guess. he do something like that? <laughs> you know, I, I only joined 1980s now because I heard Schwarzenegger was going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So I thought it'd be good for my career <laughs> if I, I took sorry. a job from him. So. I'm sorry about that, John. We, did, we were desperate, desperate times. Got me. <laughs> hey, another 1980s wait, news. Wait, uh, say yeah. Anne, Anne Ramsey. Oh, yeah. Anne Ramsey. Anne Ramsey. Anne Ramsey. I'll have John Anne say Ramsey? I'll say, oh yeah, yeah, Anne Ramsey. Anne right. Ramsey, you're thinking of Anne Ramsey. That's right, thank you, John, Anne Ramsey. <laughs> I'm going to leave all those in and have Kat say, say Anne Ramsey. It's going to start with that. <laughs> hey, yeah, I want a little credit for my research here. <laughs> really pull the curtain back on this one. In other 1980s news, and as reported in Slash Film, long lost mm. planes, trains, and automobiles extended and deleted scenes are coming in a new 4K release. So, uh mm. The movie already, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, if you're not familiar with it, it is the tightest of tight, uh, you know, uh, John, as far as the John Hughes films go. It's a film mm -hmm. that he wrote and directed. It's a brisk 93 minutes. So mm -hmm. much packed into it, mm -hmm. but they barely stay on one sort of beat or moment or incident before they're moving on to the next in just a, a couple of moments. <laughs> well, fans of the film have been uh, long aware, long aware, is that a way of saying something? Have been yes. aware. Yeah. I don't know. Fans of the film have been aware of that. I've been long aware. I've been long aware yeah. of the first. Yeah. I'm gonna leave all that in too, and then then she's gonna say say Anne Ramsey in the middle of that. Anne Ramsey. Yes, John Anne Ramsey. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> fans <laughs> fans of the film have been long aware of uh, the uh, the original edit of the film that was supposedly nearly four mm. hours long, according to uh, Paul Hirsch, <laughs> the uh, editor of the film. Well, in November of 2020, Joe Ramoni of Hats Off Entertainment took to the internet to rally other fans to call for the deleted footage. <laughs> and as part of their, this effort, uh, Hats Off posted a video to their YouTube channel in which they combined outtakes, still photos, and more to recreate some of the long-rumored excised footage. Mm -hmm. Apparently, like the cable version of uh, Planes, Trains, because they had to cut some things out or make it an even whatever, two hours, they added in some of these moments that were, mm -hmm. you know, made the cutting room floor, including a longer uh, scene on a plane, on, the, on a plane where they're together on a plane. Okay. Um, before mm -hmm. they're take the rest of their, before the trains and automobiles part of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other two thirds of the film. <laughs> anyway, soon after this, the hashtag release the Hughes cut was born in 2020. And there was a number of petitions uh, that popped up to encourage the studio to produce the nearly original, the original nearly four hour edit. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. as of November 8th, just a few days ago, you may now purchase a 4k version of the film that includes bonus material with over 75 minutes of never before seen deleted and extended scenes. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm curious as to we're going to see and say, oh, they should put this back in or, well, come yeah. on, now I get it. What do you What do you think about that, Kat? Planes and Trains, an automobiles fan, I'm guessing, yeah. Well, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen it while. and it's on yeah. my rewatch list. But mm. now I'm wondering like, ooh, should I, <laughs> at, you know, alter yeah. my rewatch to, to this? Will is spot on that it is... 
it is a it's such a well edited film. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. there's 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 no place to go to the bathroom playing Strange and Automobiles. It's <laughs> it, it's so well done and it's so seamless. You remember back? Y'all remember DVDs? We used to you sailed movies on DVDs. It had those things, and they would have the big deal with those when you started getting them was they had bonus features and deleted scenes. And I would mm-hmm. watch those mm-hmm. and go. Yeah. Deleted scenes and you watch it and go, I get it. I understand why that was deleted. <laughs> yeah. Right. I wonder yeah. if that's what this plane trains and automobiles is going to be like. You're going to see it and go, yeah, that doesn't make the story stronger. It just makes it longer. Yeah. But it is hard to believe that that could be true because of those actors. Right. Right. I, I want to right? see what they have to do in that extra right. footage. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah, don't know if yeah. I accept that as part of the yeah. PTNA right. film at all. Yes. I just like, I'll look at it. Gotcha. But, yeah. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. According to some folks who have seen it, some of it helps clarify some moments in the film that otherwise might have seemed kind of uh, mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. left field. Some mm-hmm. things may, maybe make some scenes slightly funnier because the two actors mm-hmm. oftentimes were improvising scenes mm-hmm. or additional lines after the you know original mm-hmm. scripted uh, scene was yeah. shot. Yeah, um, yeah. But some of them are rightly, you know, were removed, including mm-hmm. um, a deleted subplot that involves Neil's wife, Susan. Yeah, yeah. Played by Lila Robbins, my friend Lila Robbins. Oh. Begins to suspect. <laughs> do that. John's begins life. to suspect he's having an affair, <laughs> and that Dell, which is the name of John Candy's character, uh-huh. is actually the invented name of his uh, mistress. Oh, and that's why right. at the end Susan greets Dell so warmly at the end of the film. Now okay. that's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. You don't need any of that. No. One of the most heartwarming things about when they greet Dell, he has yep. no family, he has no life, he has no nothing, and they welcome him so warmly into their home. Yep. And then to find out she's just relieved he's not screwing around. That's right. why she's so... That damages oh God, the, the yes. warm-hearted ending. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. See, again, lose yeah. deleted scenes. Yep. I know mm-hmm. why they deleted that. It's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes her character yeah. into this... Uh, mm. question. It, it, it throws their whole relationship into question. That right. if their relationship okay. is mm-hmm. so fragile... Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. That mm-hmm. she would even believe he's capable of that. Right. Because for me, one of the greatest things about the film is Lila's character. Now, when we talked to Lila a couple of years ago, we interviewed mm-hmm. her around Thanksgiving time, I think in 2020. Mm-hmm. I had mentioned to her that we, you know, we, we understood there was some deleted stuff. And she said she recalls shooting more. She wasn't exactly, yeah. didn't exactly remember yeah. what it was at the time that she filmed. But, and I mean this, the thing for me, the whole film is her. And I'd say this before I knew Lila, you know, cause uh-huh. I saw the film before I met Lila for the first mm-hmm. time. Actually, I met her just a couple of years after I'd seen the film, I think for the first time. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the way she is worried about him, that just being mm-hmm. a part is, is difficult for them. You know, sure. that's how much, yeah. how in love they are. And mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. she looks at him and comes down the stairs. Oh my, that's the whole film. Yeah. Yes, yes. She's the heart of the film. Yeah. Those guys are they're, they're the they're the brawn and the brain yeah. and the muscle and everything that gets all the comedy done, but for the, the <laughs> limited, like us. Huh, don't, I don't, don't 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 decide well, who's what. Oh, well, so let's see. no 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 don't do so it don't Will, do it. It, it just ruined the chemistry. I'm the brain, so let me think through. Oh no, I ruined it. Oh, now we know, and cat's the heart, so I'm I'm the butt or whatever. The muscle. Anyway, the, the bunt cake. The <laughs> She, she, but she is the heart of the film. Even though she's not in it all the time, the times you see mm-hmm. her, yes, it makes him more human. It makes mm. him more, more relatable. Yeah, I agree. I and never that, thought of it that way, but now you yeah. say, it, yeah. And and that can be left as that. It doesn't need any, yeah, any subplot yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. And as, again, yeah. we talked to Lila. That was her first film. Now she's in almost everything you turn on TV, including most recently The Walking Dead. She's had a role on it. Mm, okay. Recent season. Mm-hmm. 
Finally, in 1980s news, as reported by Planet Radio, Paul mm-hmm. Weller has launched mm-hmm. an expletive-strewn personal attack Ooh. on the Cure's Robert Smith. So, Paul Weller, and no, not RoboCop. Okay. <laughs> That's Peter Weller, the actor. Gotcha. We're talking about Paul Weller, the British musician who is the front man, formerly the front man mm-hmm. of The Jam. So like mm-hmm. a late seventies, early eighties punk band. Mm-hmm. And most currently uh, the front man of The Mod Father. Mm-hmm. He is the one who's attacking uh, Cure's front man, Robert Smith. So Wait. Weller is, is the cover star of December's edition of the Record Collector Magazine. And during the wide raging chat, the conversation moved to Noel Gallagher's new studio album. Now, Weller mm-hmm. and Gallagher are good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw in an interview Gallagher described uh, Weller as one of his oldest friends. When the interviewer noted that one of the tracks, one of Gallagher's new tracks, had sonic parallels to The Cure's 1980 song, A Forest, Weller was said to act with a combination of, quote, incredulity and revulsion. Okay, here's the part of this article where I'm super excited. Okay. Because oh, yes. okay. there's this expletive-laden yes. tirade he went on yeah. that has a bunch of dashes in it. Yeah. <laughs> Twofold. I'm okay. curious to know, Will, if you're going to read that to us. Okay, yep. <laughs> The mm-hmm. other part is there's one word in there. Oh, I know what you're. I don't know what it's supposed to be. It begins with a K, right? Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think I know what you're going for. Well, I had but... to do some digging to find the uncensored oh. version. Oh, yeah. I think I think <laughs> no, I know. He but... swears so much in this, and some of mm-hmm. the swears he says are of the English variety, and that's why they were yeah. censored. Right. In America, they wouldn't be censored. But okay. I'm going to read it. But because he curses so much, I'm going to try to live bleep myself as I do it. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So here we go. This is what Weller's response was to this. Really? I can't stand him. Fat (laughs) with his lipstick and all that. He is my age as well, isn't he? He's a and I don't like him. There you go. There's someone I would work with. I'd slap him or something. There you go. The word, the word that we didn't know what he said was knob. He says knob. Got it. Got, I'm familiar with the term, but okay. like knob is not profanity. Not here. <laughs> Why are anyway, they bleeping yeah. that part? The word itself. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't normally bleep bullocks what? either, but they did in it, this. So. It's how we open doors. We have yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, so the the, the uh, this article that I read in uh, Planet Radio and others are speculating, what is the animosity? What, what, where did this tension begin? Why does he have it in for Robert Smith? We're mm-hmm. not even talking about a Paul Weller song. We're talking about a Noel Gallagher song. Mm-hmm. Well, despite being discovered by the same A&R person, it seems that uh, Weller and Smith's feud could go back a few decades because in 1985, Smith was interviewed and he dismissed uh, punk music Mm. as a political movement and highlighted Weller as an example of his point. At Uh the time, Smith said, punk had nothing to do with social entertainment or politics, even people that think they're socially aware. And then they're like Paul Weller and stuff. It does no good at all because ultimately you'd have to believe someone like Paul Weller. (laughs) So yep. did he fire the first shot <laughs> way back well, then? Well, <laughs> and most, most articles stopped there, but Smith also said, similarly, you'd have to be particularly stupid to believe someone like me. So he tossed himself under the bus too. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, more recently in 2004, in a Rolling Stone interview, Smith revealed that The Cure recorded some of their debut album, Three Imaginary Boys, using the jam's equipment without their knowledge. Don't. <laughs> so apparently they would go to the studio and someone who had access to it there would sneak in and you know let them Yeah. Well, no harm, no foul, they except now you just outed yourself. They would have never yes. known. You right, just right. told them. <laughs> so maybe that's why he's mad. Throw some more gas on the fire. Why don't you? He's pissed off about it. There you go. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, I used your gear. <laughs> Take that. 
I used your knob end of the gear. Now, Smith's bandmate, uh, Cure keyboardist Roger O'Donnell, has come to Smith's defense, tweeting on November 9th, I've always thought, as Spike Milligan said, people who live in glass houses should pull the blinds down before removing their trousers. Mr. Weller? (laughs) All right, so let's take a listen to these songs. So here I've got for you two songs. We're going to see if we think that, as I mentioned, they're comparing... Noel Gallagher's uh, single off his new album that's going to come out next May called mm-hmm. Pretty Boy with okay. nineteen with uh, The Cure's 1980 song, A Forest. Okay, so here first is The Cure's A Forest. Okay. As I mentioned, this is a Pretty Boy from uh, Noel Gallagher's uh, forthcoming uh, album. just uh, the quote mm-hmm. was uh someone said that uh, what they said it has a uh, sonic parallels it sounds substantially different enough to me it's not yeah. the same song i can see why someone would compare them it's like a couple of junkyard dogs fighting over a stick it's like <laughs> it, it, neither of you really need it you're just you're having fun fighting i think okay mm-hmm. now, i would think noel gallagher should have some say in this so uh, i found this interview mm. speaking with an italian radio host dj ringo uh, this is how Gallagher responded when Ringo pointed out that uh, Gallagher's sound, quote, new sound is familiar to him. Uh, the sounds reminds me a lot of Manchester sounds from the 80s anyway, you know? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I guess maybe a bit kind of Joy Division. And uh, to me, it sounds like a bit like The Cure. Yeah, well, I'm fans <laughs> of all those bands. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so he even he says it sounds like The Cure. Mm-hmm. But if there's any question, uh, if there's any doubt how uh, what Noel Gallagher's position is on this, you know, as far as Robert Smith and the cure goes, in an interview with another Italian radio host, Cecilia Songini, uh, she told Gallagher that the new single gave her a cure vibe. And this is how uh, Gallagher uh, explained that the song has an even stronger connection to that band than we first thought. We got hmm. a feeling that there there is like a um, cure vibe on it, but just... Uh, well, yeah, it does, it does sound uh, a bit like The Cure. In fact, Robert Smith from The Cure has done a remix of this track, which sounds exactly like The Cure. So Robert Smith even mixed the song that's coming out <laughs> to make it sound more like The Cure. So there you go. Oh. All right, full disclosure. Yeah. I'm not a punk fan. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... That's cool. When I hear these two punk bands saying, well, that sounds a bit like my song. It's called <laughs> Blood in My Faces or what if I call it my song. But, <laughs> but you ever hear like two grunge bands? They sound oh, yeah. damn similar yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? it's like, that's the genre. It's similar. Mm-hmm. It's going to sound similar. It's not like Ray Parker Jr. level of, of, of <laughs> grift, right? This, this yeah. is, I don't know. It's maybe it's because I can't discriminate between them because I'm not a punk guy, but mm-hmm. I don't hear it. Well, yeah, and this, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and this, look, I read this article that said Noel Gallagher's new song sounds like 1980s The Cure. I was like, yes, please. A contemporary <laughs> song okay. sounds like something I love from mm-hmm. the 80s. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And actually, this may be the first song I like from Noel Gallagher. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of Oasis. That was fine. <laughs> you were just waiting on him to copy The Cure, and now yes, you're on board. Yes, please. And Robert yeah, Smith were. finally got involved, and they did that. And so, wait, what did Paul Weller say in the beginning? Now I'm like, like we've gone on this whole track here. Uh, <laughs> did he disagree or agree? What? <laughs> he didn't really answer. He didn't. Re- okay. He he just decided to put down. Uh, His first response was, really? 
when 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 asked about the uh, when said that uh, some folks had point out the similarities, he said, "Really? I can't stand them." Fat. So he just went on a rant again. I just wanted to do that again. Yes, he um, didn't really Robert respond. Smith. He just went on right. how he okay. hates yeah, Smith okay. and the Cure because he wears lipstick or something like that. Okay. Cat Will's having too much fun with that <sighs> auto bleep. He's Isn't really. He, yes. he is. Yes. I, you know what? If I, I don't. If I don't hear an unexpected bleep between now and the end of the show at least once, I'm going to be very disappointed. But that's going to be before we discuss. But before that. Before that. And then after. A word from Blue Apron. (laughs) Okay, and that was 80s News. (laughs) Hey, our independent podcast is brought to you every week by folks just like you. So if you'd like to help us out, please Follow us on the podcast platform you're listening to right now. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share an episode on Facebook. All of these actions just take a moment and are 100% free. But if you'd like to chuck in a buck and help us keep publishing the show week after week, please visit us at 1980snow.com slash support to find out how you can send us a dollar or two. And thank you so much. It means a lot. All right, hey. Okay, look. Bleeding no bend. In just a moment, we're going to talk about Quantum Leap, the new series, how it's connected magically and wonderfully and brilliantly to the old Ooh. series. And there's a reason why, and mostly it's because the old people who made it are still involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, let's give away this kick-ass book of Cobra Kai. Kick-ass. And actually, if you guys see the, the cover of it, it actually is the kick book of Cobra Kai. Uh-huh. See that? <laughs> see, it, it literally that? is. Yeah, yeah. No, it literally is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All I right. Think- I want this book. Is two asterisks. <laughs> is, is it asteri or asterisks or asterisks? Huh. Aster- wow. I like asteri. It's true. It's asteri. Wrong. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we asked people to comment uh, on social media. Give us their favorite, uh, I don't know, Cobra Kai, anything we said. Mm-hmm. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yep. And if you made a comment, you are you got into the hopper here. So <laughs> now hopper. We'll put your names in the computer randomizer thing and we'll, let's see who wins. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Oh, and the winner is Megan. Megan of I'm probably gonna butcher her name here. Megan Avant Stanton. That's how hey, I would congratulations. Say it. Yeah. Hey Megan. We've Avant seen Megan around Megan. for quite a time now. She's always been in, you know, very active on the social on Facebook. Oh and, my gosh, she's been on so many lives, like trivias and Right. Yes. Right. Oh cool. Oh, I'm, I'm glad so Megan happy. won. Yay. All right, so Megan, uh you could reach out to me at will at 1980snow.com and send me your address or where we can send this uh, book and we'll get it out to you. Right on. Cool. Yay. All right. Hey, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about the connect right now. Not later. Right now it's happening. <laughs> it's happening nice. to you. We're going to talk about the connections uh, between the old and new quantum leap, but we're not going to reveal how Ben resolves each timeline. So, right. you know, we orig- originally intended to do this recap after episode six, which is what we're, we're, we're going to stop at episode six. But the reason mm-hmm. why six mm-hmm. worked for me was one, I thought maybe we can get it done in a half hour. Now I'm doubting that because oh. my notes are just mm-hmm. too long. So I'm going to talk, oh. more, I'm going to start talking more quickly, but because <laughs> that was also halfway through the season, but it turns out that the series, uh, oh. just three episodes in was expanded to 18 episodes. Awesome. So if that tells awesome. you anything about how the, the NBC feels the show is doing, mm-hmm. they love it because they ordered more mm-hmm. episodes. I'm curious how they, what they do then, because I, I'm sure they developed right. an arc that ends in 12 episodes and they shot some amount of it. And then they had to say, holy shit, we got to push some of those out, stick a bunch in. Hopefully it doesn't say, feel like padding. That. What's that? They have to say, but before that. Cat, stop <laughs> it. It's going on too long, once or twice. 
Don't you know comedy comes in sevens? You know that. Come it just on. seems mean after a while. Mean? Oh, no. All right, so six episodes into the, as I mentioned, and NBC's newly revived Quantum Leap, it's already shown it's it's deeply in sync with the 1989 mm-hmm. uh, series that uh, first got the time travel ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Though the cast is all new, the big reason for the thematic continuity is the, the makeup of the folks behind the scenes, the creative team, which once again includes Donald P. Belisario, who created mm-hmm. the original show and wrote episodes for the original show, including the pilot, mm-hmm. and producer Deborah Pratt, mm-hmm. uh, who's... Uh, executive producing. So right away, you know, you've got connective tissue in a way that you hope for these kinds of things. So mm-hmm. often we get a reboot, a remake or whatever, and it's got, you know, they just pay the guy who created the character off and that's, that's the end of that. Right, right. But beyond the thematic connection, you know, that we talked about, I think the plot structure, the characters, it's mm-hmm. similar to the, you know, 80s, 90s show in a way that, oh, yeah. I don't know, is just in the best possible way that just reminds me of why I liked television in that era. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, it evolves it too because they tell stories in a way more, in a way that's sort of similar to that era, but also in a contemporary, more contemporary way too. Because mm-hmm. you not only have it, it's not so uh, what would you call it episodic. It's episodic. It's serialized. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The old show was more episodic, even though they had some elements that were carried themselves through. It's kind of like mm-hmm. they have, mm-hmm. they have. Mm-hmm a serialized holster and they put episodic bullets in mm-hmm. each little slot. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it is standalone, but mm-hmm. they kind of bookend it with some progression of the overall arc, which yeah. means you can jump in anywhere and enjoy it. Sure. But the longer you've been watching, the the more you'll get to the end of the episode and go, oh no, the more you'll be excited <laughs> or surprised or the more you'll know. Yeah, exactly. So, and in addition to the, uh, as far as the new folks go that are, you know, on the creative side of it, Martin Garrow, I hope you're saying your name right, Mar- Gar- uh, Martin is the showrunner. Um, and he explains that, you know, the show is being made, as he says, quote, by fans of the original. And it's also being made by the people who made the original show. So the connection to the old show is very palpable, end quote. Mm-hmm. With regard to Easter eggs, which we're going to touch on, Garrow also says that they try to have a couple in each episode, including some iconic props that will eventually make their way back out of the cannon and out of the old storage locker uh, uh-huh. onto the new show as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So in brief, right. old show ran from 89 to 93. We told mm-hmm. you those who folks were involved in creating it. Belisario, by the way, is like, a, you know, he's a, I think he was a prodigy of Stephen J. Cannell. Cannell. Mm-hmm. And he yep. wound up creating shows much in, the, in a similar way. He he created Magnum P.I., he created Airwolf, he created uh, Tales of the Golden Monkey and a bunch of other shows mm. that he- uh, Greatest American Hero, one of my all-time favorites. Is also that- a Cannell show. Oh, no, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about Belisario now. Oh, I'm talking Stephen J. Cannell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Sure. His, yeah, his, uh, <laughs> his uh, credits are deep, long. <laughs> if you don't know the premise- John. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I only hear cat laughing. What are you talking about, cat? I, 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 I was watching John's face. Mouse. Oh. He made a great facial expression. I, 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 folks at home, he Unlikely. did not make a facial expression. No. He looked Cat just laughed for nothing. Really I, didn't do anything. I said long and deep and she started laughing. You're going to say, oh. I don't know. Right? That's what happened. She's, I could play it back. Well, she's just falling out of her chair. I understand. I, I know. Yeah, her camera's all blurry now. Look. No, I'm all blurry. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she feels blurry. That's the problem. I think I blur when I, I'm... Um, camera's connected to you emotionally. <laughs> yeah. Her camera blushed. <laughs> <laughs> don't exactly. look at me I'm blur me <laughs> that's a great bonus uh, side effect here <laughs> so uh, look the premise of the old and new version of the show is essentially mm-hmm. the same you've got a time traveling physicist who jumps mm-hmm. you know through different mm-hmm. bodies in the past inhabiting those mm-hmm. bodies in an effort to as the original show says quote striving to put right what once went wrong yes now 
Well, actually, in the new show, however, that's not his... Well, I shouldn't say that. I guess that, that's the same for both. The reasons for them leaping mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are, are different, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in this new, yeah. newest, uh, one of the layers they added in the new series is we don't know why this new character leapt. No. Right. The rules of how you escape or finish a body you have leapt into are true, mm-hmm. but we're yes. learning that the motivation was not, let's go set some things right. The motivation yeah. was something very different. Mm-hmm. And in the course of getting there, he's got to set some things right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah and the motivation of Sam Beckett, the original Quantum Leap character, wasn't to set things right either. Maybe we'll touch on that as we talk about the shows. Right. That wasn't his ultimate motivation, no. right? No. It just no. turned out that way. Yeah. yeah, I was not a watcher. You guys watched the old one, I think. I only watched yeah. maybe three episodes oh. of it, but- Mm-hmm. But, okay. So, I mean, I know the rules because yeah. I've watched yeah, yeah. three episodes. I've watched enough of it, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. the good news, if someone is listening and you kind of alluded this at the top of the show is like, well, if you didn't like the old one, you're tuning out. I didn't, I didn't not like it. I just didn't watch it for whatever yeah, sure. reason. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love the new one. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Despite that, I don't have to know all the stuff or all the Easter eggs. I know yeah. some of them, but yeah. on, it, on its own power, it's mm-hmm. a fun show. Yeah. Absolutely. This is perfect because we represent a wide range of folks as far as their, you mm-hmm. know, commitment or interest in the right. original show. Mm-hmm. And I did mm-hmm. watch every episode, but quite honestly, because at the time the way technology worked, we weren't streaming them and had access to them all the time everywhere. Right. I'd only right. seen one each episode probably once. Right. Yeah. And it aired. Yep. Yep. But it yep. was and like, des- you know, what do they call it? Not destination TV. Uh, appointment television. Appointment television yeah. for me. I, yeah. I can't be sure. I must have seen it at some point back, you know, mm-hmm. in the, the late 80s. Or what was it, 89 when it mm-hmm. came out? I'm sure I stumbled upon it <laughs> in some way, yeah. but I wasn't actively trying to see it. It had been but, hard uh, to avoid it because it was so sure. prevalent. It ran for so long. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I recognized the name, but um, it, it, I forget. It was probably about a year ago I embarked on a, to, to mm-hmm. begin a marathon of watching the original show. Yep. I didn't get very far <laughs> because of trying to keep up with other things. <laughs> right. But, it, but, you know, I watched enough to really, uh, to, well, to really like it, first of all, yeah. but to get a good feel for it. Yeah. You know, Kat and I we were in college when it aired and I think that yeah. I would, I went to a, like yeah. a friend's dorm room whenever uh-huh. this aired. Okay. I don't know if it was Thursdays or I don't remember the day it aired, Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. We would meet, you know, to watch it every, every week that it came <laughs> on. She called me. Sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. I thought you only cut hair. I was busy with my beauty parlor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in, the hall, in the hallways of the dorm. In, in the hallways and bathrooms. <laughs> so the main characters of the original show, because we're going to be referring to them, are, are Sam Beckett, the physicist, played by Scott Bakula, Admiral mm-hmm. Al Calabici, Dean Stockwell, who as folks that don't even know the show know, he's the he's the man in the chair who appears as a hologram who's uh, yes. helping guide Beckett in his time mm-hmm. hopping journeys. And another thing we're going to talk about, although it's not a character, it's, it plays an important role, Ziggy, the supercomputer that yeah. makes time travel possible. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, and this is an Easter egg maybe in of itself, it's voiced by Deborah Pratt, who mm-hmm. is the uh, executive producer of the show. Okay. Uh, and right. is still voiced by Deborah Pratt today. Has Ziggy talked? Have I heard Ziggy talk? Ziggy may not have spoken yet. Hmm, I, I, don't have, I don't know. Spoiler alert. Well, I've, I've watched everything that's out so far, yeah. and I, I don't remember Ziggy okay. talking other than... <laughs> that's what she does. <laughs> she, she's cursing and they bleep it. That's the thing. <laughs> Something about a knob. <laughs> um, yeah, she's British. Um, anyway, so yeah, the new show uh, aired again. The premise is basically the same, except we don't know the motivations as to, and really what, what led, you know, we don't know why he left in the first place. Well, we kind of do now. Well, but, now, okay. but as of, yeah, yeah. We'll get it. we can get into it. But the main character, and this time the physicist, is, is Dr. Ben Song, played mm-hmm. by Raymond Lee. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Addison Augustine is a character who is Ben's connection. Mm-hmm. It, it, this mm-hmm. is his uh, woman in the chair. 
the hologram mm-hmm. that appears to him to help him. Caitlin, uh, played by Caitlin Bassett. Yes. Uh, Mason Alexander Park plays Ian Wright, mm-hmm. who's the AI uh, chief architect who mm-hmm. handles Ziggy. I like them. Maybe my favorite character. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to say this name right. Nanrissa or Nanrissa Lee plays Jen Chow, who's the head of security. Right. One of our all-time favorites, Ernie Hudson, plays Herbert Magic Williams, uh, who's the head of the project, and he's got an interesting uh, story. Of course. And we're going to talk about, um, well, you know, I'll leave leave this last character off until we actually get to it. Okay, so, yeah, let's talk some uh, shows and Easter eggs. So, look, this is what I think we should do, so we don't spend too much time, you know, we're not going to recap six episodes, but um, try to uh, have folks who are fans of the old show understand that they're you know, uh, they should be embracing, they, they, well, they may want to embrace the show or, or there's, it's safe. Mm-hmm. It's safe to embrace the show because of the connective tissue. And also yeah. folks like John who didn't, you know, didn't yeah. watch every yeah, episode, but are enjoying the show <laughs> and an extra layer that shows maybe a greater appreciation for this current show. So mm-hmm. episode one, July 13th, 1985 yeah. is the name of the mm-hmm. episode because Ben ultimately leaps into 1985. Really quick recap. Uh, and again, we don't have to go too heavy into the story to talk uh-huh. about. We'll, well, we'll let it take us wherever it goes. But it starts off there at a party that's celebrating right. the engagement between Ben and yeah. Addison, uh, mm-hmm. which is interesting enough already it is, but we don't know why yet because the show hasn't started. Mm-hmm. But uh, suddenly Ben receives a mysterious text, hurries off to the Quantum yeah. Leap headquarters and leaps without telling anybody about it. Uh, yep. When he awakes, it's 1985, and he's a character, Nick Rounder, an undercover cop who's mm-hmm. trying to stop a plot to steal the Hope Diamond. Just like Sam in the original series, Ben has amnesia uh, as a result of the yep. time travel. He quickly meets Addison, mm-hmm. uh, whom he doesn't recognize. Who mm-hmm. learned, again, moments earlier is his fiance. Um, she has to explain to him what the right. f- is going on uh, <laughs> as his hologram guide. You guys may not remember, but in the first episode, Sam also leapt within the first few minutes without telling anybody that he was going to or why. The very few moments at the beginning of the, of the show, are, we're, we're following Dean Stockwell's character, Al, when okay, he gets yeah. a, a call, I believe it uh-huh. is, that says, you got to get over here. Mm-hmm. Sam's in the chamber. He's leaping. And he's like, what do you mean? Why? What? Okay. And that's it. Next thing we know, Sam awakens in the past uh, and similarly oh. doesn't ha- has and amnesia. I didn't remember and, uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Anyway, meanwhile, the present day story, though, because we mentioned, unlike the original show, there's more uh, time spent developing the present day story, what's happening at the Quantum Leap headquarters. They're hurrying to try to figure out why Ben leapt in the first place and Mm -hmm. get him home. They're well aware of what happened to Sam Beckett. They know that Sam Mm -hmm. leapt many Mm -hmm. times and then never came back. Right. And what they realize is uh, very quickly is that uh, Ben uploaded uh, some new code into Ziggy. The same Ziggy that uh, helped Scott Bakula time travel, but now as a, as the as the mm-hmm. a benefit, I suppose, of the code that uh, Ben uh, yeah. has added to it, it's just supercharged this uh, computer now, and it may be very well be the smartest computer in the world, uh, able to do things that Ziggy mm-hmm. in the original series couldn't do, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and with a greater accuracy. Uh, the team ultimately realizes that Ben wasn't alone in this mysterious journey, in that none other than Janice the daughter mm-hmm. of the late Al Calavici, Scott mm-hmm. Bakula's, mm-hmm. Sam Beckett's hologram partner, uh, right. who was, Janice was turned down from joining the project, is mm-hmm. instead secretly working with Ben to leap for, for some unknown reason. Now, was that daughter yeah. seen in the original series as a child right. or something? Did we ever see that daughter? Or was this a new character introduced for the sequel? Uh, yes and no. Okay. So in season two, episode 22, MIA, 
Sam jumps into a man in, a 19, in 1969 who just so happens to be from the same town as Al's former wife. So Al was, uh, at this time period, was in in Vietnam fighting, was believed to have been, was a prisoner of war, and was presumed dead. With him missing, uh, Mm -hmm. his wife Beth, played by Susan, I'm going to say Dial, uh, Mm -hmm. she moved on and and married someone else. Mm, So now, with this jump, Sam has a chance to tell his, uh, you know, Al's wife at the time, your husband's Mm -hmm. alive. Right. But Sam yeah. decides that it may be dangerous to do that as it may affect their own timelines in the future. And who knows what that means, you know, this kind of grandfather paradox. So right. he doesn't mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. But in the batshit crazy series finale, the unintended series finale of the whole show, right? Oh boy. A bunch of crazy stuff happens. And maybe we'll touch on some of it throughout this conversation. Okay. But Sam lands in a weird coal mining town that is inhabited mm-hmm. by people that have the names of characters he's known in different jumps but they oh, have nothing okay. to do with those people right okay Weird. and he uh, he, yeah. he winds up uh trying to get information to understand what's going on from a, a, a bartender played by bruce mcgill now you'll remember that name and you know that actor he's been a number of things that you've seen since animal house um okay. who may and bruce mcgill's character may be god i think he asked him directly you're oh. god and he's kind of like aloof okay. about the answer yeah Anyway, Sam ultimately comes to realize that he's he has been controlling his leaps himself. So the reason mm. he's never leapt back home, presumably, mm-hmm. is because he understands there's more work to be done. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result of that, at the end of this episode, he chooses to leap back to his the moment he regrets the most, which is not telling Al's wife that Al was still alive. So the very end of the very last episode of the whole show... He goes uh-huh. back and says to Beth, I'm going to tell you a weird story, but here's the end of it. Your husband's huh. alive. He's coming back. Hold out for him. Huh. The show ends and there's a title uh-huh. card that says that Al and Beth are, will celebrate their 39th wedding anniversary in June. Mm-hmm. And they have four daughters. Wow. Mm. Okay. And one of them is Janice. One is Janice. Now, <laughs> the, the, one bit of controversy was the title card after that, it says Sam Beckett never returned home, but they spelled Beckett right. wrong. Oh, no. The, the understanding is that, that some executive <laughs> at, the, at, the, at the NBC created that, those cards because they canceled the show. You know, they just suddenly canceled the show. <laughs> there was a whole there. other season just, plan and an alternate ending plan that they never did. As well. Unceremonious. All right, so episode two. Let's talk about episode two, which is called Atlantis. Now, Ben leaps to 19... 19- 98 into a David mm-hmm. Tamora, who's an astronaut mm-hmm. aboard the space shuttle Atlantis. It doesn't leap in like right at the launch, like the worst possible right. moment to leap <laughs> oh, in. Like, ah! Right? <laughs> and he's that? unprepared, yeah. untrained, oh, and he's in a, a rocket launch. Yeah. Yeah. Almost every moment in this show so far, he yes. leaps into some, right? Like the, like a climactic oh. moment. Yes. The least opportune <laughs> time. Yeah. Right. None of his entries are boring. No. So Ben remembers that this character, David, is one of his childhood heroes, which triggers some of Ben's uh-huh. memories. So remember, he had amnesia, so some stuff is starting to yeah. come back. Mm-hmm. So back in 2022, then the present, uh, Addison shows Ian a flash drive that Ben left her apartment, but asks Ian to keep it quiet after Magic reveals Ben's connection to Janice. He also orders her to withhold Ben's memories from him. Right, because we don't know we don't know his motivation. Why did he leap unexpectedly unannounced, right? So they're worried. Yeah. Well, he might get his memories back, but he might also remember that 
he's on the wrong side and we don't, we can't yeah. risk that. So through, through yeah. a series of, uh, you know, some other different uh, moments in the present time, let's just make it simple like that. They ultimately determined that Ben was trying to reach a precise moment in history, but they're not sure mm. when. Um, all right. So he, this is a really cool Easter egg in, in this show, in this episode. Do you guys know mm. about this one? Mm, I don't know. Okay. So I don't know wait, yet. Just say what episode? it is. Oh, I'm, I thought, episode, look, again, well, episode three, I'm not, not a super nerd like I am with regard to this. Other things, yes. Okay. In season one, episodes one and two, it's a, it's a two-parter. So his very first leap, Sam, in the episode called Genesis, he lands in 1956 in a body of a test pilot named. Yes. You do know about this. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I, well, I watched that one. I'm oh, okay, yes. cool. Like, ooh, I remember He leaps that. into Ca- Captain Tom Stratton. And just like this shuttle, space shuttle one, he learns very quickly that he's a test pilot. He's got to fly some experimental plane. He's like, throughout the whole episode, he keeps saying to his co-pilot, I don't know how to fly. I don't remember. And they think he's joking because right. he apparently he's a prankster. You're a real cut uh, up. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Sam manages the same time as Tom's life when the test flight malfunctions, but it turns out there's a second mission on that leap. Yeah. He also has to save the life of Tom's unborn daughter. Yes. Sam uses his future medical knowledge to uh, prevent the yeah. child from being, uh, being uh, stillborn. I actually just rewatched that yeah. because I was looking for something specific yeah. from that, that mm, first episode okay. that I was trying to figure out. And um, yeah, and I love that part where he... Yeah, and so <laughs> later they, um, and later in the episode, didn't this two-parter, like a, th- I don't know, maybe a third of the second episode, something like that, he actually leaps mm. again into the a body of a ball player. No, yes. cool. He's just, you know, it's like he goes from the labor room in the hospital, saving this woman yeah, and yeah. her baby, unborn baby, to the baseball game. And he asks yeah. Alec, what what happened yeah. to that last one? And he says, you saved her. That's We, we mm-hmm. think that was really part of what you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. The baby the baby does get born. It's a beautiful girl. And he says mm-hmm. something like, coincidentally, they named the baby Samantha. So they didn't know Sam's real name oh. is Sam, but they named the baby Samantha, which mm. Al uh-huh. thinks is kind of neat. All right, we'll cut. Like they think some yeah. things are bleeding through into the area you've left. Like, how do they come up with that name? Yeah. We'll cut back to episode two of our current Quantum Leap series, Atlantis, where now okay. Ben is in the space yep. shuttle. Now the space shuttle winds up being in danger and they've got to yes. get it, uh, you know, what the, I can't remember what the exact reason is. And maybe we shouldn't go too far into it for spoilers, but- like most of these things, mm-hmm. he's got to figure out a way to keep these people alive on this space shuttle. Right. It's his job. Like to, right. <laughs> that's his role. Well, yeah. Otherwise he right. doesn't, he's do not this life-saving thing. Right. Otherwise, why'd he be there? Right. right. Well, I guess I mean, yeah. in, in the context of the, the space shuttle, it's like oh, right. urgent yes. needs to happen and he's responsible that's true, for right. it. And he's like, what mm-hmm. the, yes. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the very nature of his leaping. I mean, he doesn't leap into mm-hmm. people that are inconsequential or not related <laughs> to the situation. He leaps right in the damn thick of it. And always at the most least opportune time. That'd be hilarious if it was that show. <laughs> Instead of leaping into the ball, the ball player about to make a catch, you know, catch yeah. a fly ball or whatever. He's in the stands watching. He's like, why am I here? <laughs> well, Ziggy has figured out you're just supposed to watch this game. Oh, oh, that's all. I mean, order some peanuts and enjoy yourself. <laughs> okay. Best leap ever. For 45 minutes. Um, okay. So on this space shuttle, if you remember, there's two, wound up to be sort of a, you know, a division among the ranks as to how to save the space shuttle. One of them is the, right. by the captain of the space shuttle saying we need to do X. Right. And there's a woman mm-hmm. who's fighting him saying, no, we need to do Y. And Ben's right. character ultimately sides with her and tries to, you know, help manipulate things. Mm-hmm. That female character is named Samantha Stratton. Oh my Interesting. goodness. I would never have picked up on that, yeah. not being a watcher of the old yeah, series. No, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I knew about the one major connection, obviously, with Ernie Hudson, but didn't know they were sprinkling in more characters like this. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it could be just a funny Easter egg, or it may be that the Strattons play an important role somehow in a larger story. Right. And could that be her? Yeah. yeah the, the, uh, Child. It's got to be her. Why would it not be her? Yeah, Why would they use yeah. the same name yeah. in this show? Why would they yeah. do it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she's she winds up being an astronaut, you know, on a mm-hmm. new space shuttle. Right. Her father was a test pilot. Was yeah. a pilot. In the yeah. very least, this is the second time the Quantum Leap Project has saved Samantha Stratton. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Good point. Right, episode yep. three. Somebody up there likes Ben. Uh, ben leaps to nineteen seventy seven. Which is breaking the damn rules yeah. already, which I love. So it's not a repeat of Quantum Leap. That's the, yeah. one of the things I like about right. this. I know I said I didn't watch a ton of it, but I watched enough to know mm-hmm. when they're breaking rules. Because the yeah. number one cardinal rule that I recall was mm-hmm. Sam cannot go far. He can't go to the future. That's not allowed. Yeah. And he can mm-hmm. only go in the past up until when he existed to the right. moment of okay, his birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And already mm-hmm. I thought 77, that's fine. And I thought about, wait a minute. This guy's like in his 30s. There's no way he was alive in 77. So Uh that new software has enhanced Ziggy's ability to sling you farther back, hasn't it? Something's (laughs) going on, yeah. (laughs) Slingshot. Yeah, what you're referring to is actually actually even in the open narration of the original show where they say that Mm -hmm. he discovered that you can time travel within one's own lifetime. (laughs) That's why I knew it, because it was in the open. (laughs) You heard it every week. So he leaps into a a body of a boxer, a prize fighter in 1977, Mm -hmm. the day before a bout for the world middleweight championship. And uh, meanwhile, Mm -hmm. in the present, Mm -hmm. Magic receives a call from Beth, Al's Mm -hmm. wife, who was played by the same actor who played her in the original series, Susan Dial. Yes, I think I read that. She informs him that Janice contacted her, again, Al's daughter, Mm -hmm. who seems to be maybe up to no good, we're not sure yet. Mm Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. Janice stole artifacts from the original project that Al had in his possession. Now, isn't that at at the very least, I think I know enough about the original Quantum Leap that wasn't the end of that episode where we see on a desk the weird little remote yep. control keypad right. Right, that was always mm-hmm. being used to drive Ziggy from the lept location. That's right. right. Like, beep, 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 squonk, squonk, beep. Weird noises on it, right? <laughs> yes, you're right. And it's like plugged in with some ribbon cables and she's working on it and she's kind of reverse engineering it or something. Yes. One of the mm-hmm, things that mm-hmm. Janice took from Beth's house is Al's old hand link, which is how he communicated with Ziggy when he was, uh, uh, you know, while he was being a hologram mm-hmm. to Sam. And Projected often, or whatever. You can see yeah. Dean Stockwell like, yeah. Bang on it often to get it. Mm-hmm, right, it was never again. always never working. It was like it's just yeah. damn thing. <laughs> yeah, and that closing shot you're talking about, you see her tinkering. Janice is tinkering with it, and yeah. s- constructing what seems to be maybe her own imaging chamber, which is mm-hmm, the chambers mm-hmm. that uh, her father and now Addison used to c- to communicate with the time travelers. And whether or not that's what she was doing is cleared up later. I'll just say that much. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <gasps> So in in this episode in the present, they, they have, they start to figure out that it seems like Ben's leaps where he's leaping or when he's leaping was planned and that he Mm -hmm. is, seems to be slingshotting himself through time to gain enough speed to fling himself, they believe further back in time than he'd normally be able to travel. Cause just like John Mm -hmm. said, there were some rules in the original episode Mm -hmm. that prevented, would have prevented that. They've also mm-hmm. deduced he's got about 10 or 20 leaps. I'm guessing the, you know, the length of a season or two for him to reach <laughs> yeah, his yeah. finally, his final mystery target. Uh-huh. Cool. Very convenient, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, and John pointed out, I think the connection to the original show being this rule, um, this lifetime rule. Now there were two times where 
that bro- rule was quote unquote broken in the original series. Only two. One, lightning struck mm-hmm. at such a convenient time that <laughs> Sam and Al swapped bodies. Oh. And Al winds up leaping to 1945. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then Sam. But, but that's within Al's lifetime, though, wasn't it? Yes. But. Okay, mm-hmm. because he's an older man. But, yeah, asterisk, yeah. Sam winds up joining him. And I'll explain that in, 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 in another moment. Okay. But the other moment occurred when Sam leapt back to the Civil War in 1862. Damn. And the Whoa. explanation for that, so they believed, was that he had a, this is such bullshit, a close <laughs> genetic link to his great-grandfather. Oh. Somebody had okay. a bunch of discount Civil War costumes. Like, let's use them on Quantum Leap. Find a plot. <laughs> you got to come up with a reason. Yeah. <laughs> but Ben doesn't the have a genetic connection with the boxer from 77. No. So there's some other thing going on here. We don't know. There was something that occurred to me with that episode. Just one little thing. I felt like um, he understood a little too much about, uh, I guess it's a criticism. He mm. understood too much about his and the brother's relationship from the get-go. Mm. And I, I understand they have to pack a lot yeah. mm-hmm. into a short amount of time. Um, but it, 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 and this is a larger comment in general. Like it seems like um, Ben is, he's like a skilled actor in addition to being mm-hmm. uh, an astrophysicist, you know, whatever. I hadn't <laughs> thought of that. You're right. Is. It's almost like he intuits too much. Like he's reading the situation, but then he seems to, it's not like he knows too yeah. many details, but almost knows too many details. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So is that a comment on, um, you know, just him being that kind of a person who can take he's a empath. really good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is he, is he that empathic? Which wouldn't surprise me. I do believe he's coming across as that type of a, right. Uh, a personality, yeah. but, um, but it really struck me in that one. It's like, man, he's really, <laughs> he's got this nailed down, you know, understanding the dynamic between him and his brother without having, well, his brother without having that information. Mm. It was just something that that's, yeah. did, did, mm. so did you guys notice that at all? Or did now that you say or? it? Yes. And you could probably say that about every episode. I think I probably sure. well, yeah, there's oh, you've just ruined it now. accepted it. You know, I think it's one of those things I just <laughs> accepted probably. And they wrote it that way for yeah. just the convenience of the storytelling. Of yeah. course. Of right. course. But I bought into I don't it. think I haven't accepted yeah, no. it for some reason <laughs> oh, yeah. for that one. Yeah. I was like, Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there were some confusing yeah. things to me about some of the rules in the new show, including the fact and that you bring up that episode and there's another episode later on where Mm-hmm. It's like he has the skills of the body he leapt into or he doesn't. I don't know because mm-hmm. this one. Oh, no, he had yeah. to learn how to box in this one. Never mind. He, he did. He had but, to learn. But he has he the aptitude to be able to do it okay. because the body was capable of it. That's how oh, I understood yeah. it. Right. Yes. He didn't already yes. know. But like, yeah, like, look, some people can and can't be a dancer. So if you leapt into the body of right. someone who can't I be see. a dancer, he probably couldn't learn to do that. That's kind of right. how I read it. It's like, well, that right. body innately can be a boxer. It already was. So he just has right. to get the skills. And he was in shape, had the muscle development. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. That's, right. that's yeah. right. You're right. You guys are right. I was okay with all yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's fine. I was like, yeah. no, that, that, that's believable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so episode yeah. four, a decent. You're getting into my favorite proposal. part so far. Okay. Oh man. So he left into, <laughs> he leaps into 1981. He goes to the 1980s quite a bit in the first six yeah. episodes. He does. Yeah. He that's where I would go if I had a chance. Yeah. <laughs> that's what all the show's about. <laughs> Uh, uh, Ben's first, this is Ben's first leap into a woman, um, uh, who's a bounty uh-huh. hunter in Los Angeles. In mm-hmm. this episode, he, he does start to remember that he has a relationship with Addison, you know, who's yeah. been appearing to him as a hologram who reminder, we know from the first few moments of the series that she's his fiance. This whole thing with Ben and Addison, I'm not yet convinced 
the love affair adds to the show. Oh, okay. So certainly there was no romantic relationship between uh, between their characters in the original show, Sam and what's his name? Mm-hmm. Al. Yeah. Al, that's mm-hmm. the guy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it wasn't it was necessary. They they had the love of friendship and they had camaraderie and they were on the same team. Mm-hmm. I find the fact that they're romantically involved distracting and unnecessary. Now maybe they're gonna play that out, but for now I find it like this red herring that do I have to pay attention to that? Oh, it's just <laughs> you know, I do you get the same feeling oh, or was just romantic me? stuff? <laughs> yeah. So you don't think it helps create a certain tension or urgency about you know, getting him back or no, no more so than if it was like just that, a no? dear friend. Uh, okay. I mean, I mean, right. you know, mm-hmm. for me, I mean, I, I can see how for mm-hmm. some people it would, it would up the stakes, but it doesn't okay. for me dramatically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. settle, settle the argument. Yeah. I, I disagree with you, John. I think that okay. that was yeah, one of the most it. interesting twists I thought or changes oh. they made Oh, because okay. in the original series, mm-hmm. they're just good friends, co-workers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. while he does have an interest in getting his good friend back and, you know, doesn't want somebody stranded in, in time, it's horrifying. <laughs> the right. fact that Addison is in love with Ben, they were just about to get married. They've got this mm-hmm. shared, you know, romantic history in, in addition to work history. I don't know. I thought that was a cool take, especially mm-hmm. with, as we t- pointed out in the first several episodes, she has to keep the secret from Ben. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the stakes yeah. for her, mm-hmm. Al, Al also yeah. is not allowed to tell Sam things in the original show. There's yeah. things he doesn't yeah. tell him. Um, right. yeah. But I don't know the stake. The, the, obviously that, you know, the stakes are different for me. I responded yeah. to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't damage it. Yeah. My sure. enjoyment of it, mm-hmm. but I just find it mm-hmm. distracting because I'm like, okay. well, that's unnecessary. You know, there are scenes where they stop, they stop what they're doing in the show to focus on looking longingly in one another's eyes. I'm like, we could be doing cool time travel shit right now. What are you guys sucking face over here with a hologram? It sounds like something future Robert would say. Yeah. What are you doing sucking face? We could be tied to time travel stuff. I was totally thinking that. Like, John needs to turn into future Robert now. Sorry. None of this glittery It's like a werewolf. Doesn't happen on demand. It's only certain conditions. Are there girls in this show? Yuck. Are they going to kiss? None of them have pocket protectors. <laughs> so meanwhile, one of the greatest connections in the whole series, right, as far as Easter eggs mm-hmm. go, mm-hmm. is the revelation that um, yes. Magic, the character played by Ernie Hudson, ha- has his mm-hmm. own connection to the original Quantum Leap project. Yeah. And a way cooler connection than just he yeah. got saved. Like, I love this. Yeah, do you want, do you want to explain it? Sam leapt into <laughs> Magic. <laughs> during the initial program, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. Why is that funny? It's factual, is the way I said it. I'm I thinking know. of something you said earlier. It's Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm combining but things Sam together. Sam leapt into this guy. So this guy knows what it's like to have his body overtaken by a leaper and to yeah. be in the holding room, the mm-hmm. white room, wherever yeah. you go when you're, right. you're yeah, conscious. Yeah. Like, he's been on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. He's never leapt, mm-hmm. but he's been leapt into. And mm-hmm. so he's got a very mm-hmm. tight connection to this. They Effectively, he was instrumental in changing the course of history, but I haven't seen the episode, but I know it was, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was, uh, it was happening like Vietnam era, I think. And he was a soldier and Sam leapt into him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was, when I first learned that, that was the thing when I learned that information that made me watch the show. Like that's the kind of connection. It hooked you in, yeah. We talked about rebooting yeah. versus continuations. This is not a reboot, right. it's a continuation. Yep. That was yeah. the connection that I needed that was unexpected, not just, oh, mm-hmm. such and such's son. I'm yeah. so sick of those connections. Oh, well, my granddaddy <laughs> did. No, no, no. 
<laughs> he was directly affected. I think that's cool. It is super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was good that they didn't Absolutely. make up a character. Like this is an episode that actually right. happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Please, and yeah. in fact, it's, it's in season three, episodes one and two. In this uh, season opening uh, two-parter, Sam leaps into himself as a 16-year-old, which is kind of an Easter egg for an episode that we're not going to talk about. <laughs> the opening of a show, uh, whatever. Um, anyway, he, he gets to see his late father and late brother while he's still a teenager. And much like uh, in the episode I talked about with MIA with Al, Sam's tempted to alter his own timeline now. This time he goes for it. So he tells mm. his brother, you're going to die in Vietnam in a year when you go, when you get shipped off. And he doesn't believe him. He thinks he's nuts. Like, how could he possibly right. yeah. Yeah. know anything yeah. about Shut it? Shut up, little brother. Yeah. As this, <laughs> as the first part of this episode, this uh, two-parter ends, Sam leaps into the Vietnam War embedded in the same unit as his brother, as John pointed out, taking over the body of magic and working mm-hmm. together with magic now being his, in the same unit as his brother, he is able to save his brother's life. That's amazing. That shouldn't be allowed, but it's yeah. cool that it was. To balance things out, <laughs> to balance things out, apparently the universe killed off another character in this episode. Seriously, that's, that's okay. Sort of I happens. don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so out of my sphere. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out that magic uh, revived the quantum leap program because he wants to go and save Sam. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so you know in the very least to repay this man that helped save his life get this guy out of this you know mm-hmm. uh, time stream mm-hmm. extra poetic mm-hmm. another uh, I think sort of interesting thing to me that connects reminds me of the old series is this idea that we were talking about where John was talking about the relationship and again it's only in this episode that Ben starts to remember he has I don't know if he remembers it's Addison at this point he remembers he had a relationship mm-hmm. right I think he, he remembers starts, the, yes yeah. mm-hmm remembering them, you know, just sort of next to each other. You yeah. know, there's somebody there. He there's those there's damn somebody. scenes again. Oh, it's all overlit and bloomed and I can see yeah. the shape of an arm and a shoulder yeah, and someone that like I that. love. Show me like, quantum leap shit instead. Yeah. Leap. This is ridiculous. I want something with buttons. Um, so the fourth Dude, season. The computer of- noises. <laughs> Where's Denver practical beep boop? <laughs> or, or Paul Weller to swear. Um, the fourth season of the original show kicked off with a different twist that I told you guys about. It's called The Leap Back. It's when Sam and Al mm-hmm. swap places because of a well-timed lightning strike. Okay. So Al, as I mentioned- Courtesy into of Doc a, Brown. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Al leaps into a soldier who returns home to try and reunite with his lost love, which is like, you know, something he had an issue with his, within his own life. But meanwhile, mm-hmm. Sam is back in the present. He is now acting as the hologram for Al trying to guide him through the past. Mm. He he. Uh, when he arrives, however, in back in 1999, which at the time was the the, the future, he gets mm. his memories back, and it's just at this moment where he learns oh. he has a mm. wife. Oh, Al had never mm. told him that in the three prior three seasons. It's one of those things he oh. kept from him, just like Addison. Was and that's told. when we find out too. Yes, then, I'm presuming, right? Yep. Yeah. So he okay. reunites. Yeah. With that's yeah. a that's a standard Belisario episode we call the switcheroo. You got to do that around second or third season just to mix things up, you know, put people in uncomfortable situations and swap them out. Yeah. So that's 80s TV. As I mentioned earlier about breaking that uh, time travel rule, as far as being confined in your own mm-hmm. lifetime, um, mm-hmm. Sam is forced to leap into Al into 1945 when Al's life hangs in the balance. Al's just seconds away from being killed while he's trying to complete uh. his mission. 
Sam jumps into him to save him. You know, he's the the uh, right veteran in this, in, in at least in right. this time travel, time hopping thing. So, uh -huh. so, so Sam is able via because of Al to go mm -hmm. to some place other than his uh, one that was outside of his uh, life. Uh, that was the other rule break. Okay, Wait, that makes me think of our time travel discussion. Oh God, no, no. I have no idea what Dr. Uh, Richard uh, was talking about, <laughs> Dr. Richard Hanley. Um, can I point out something that I thought was really funny yes, at the beginning of episode four? Do you remember? Um, so in episode four, he jumps into um, the the woman's body, the uh, the bounty hunter. Yeah, in the bar, right? And then and they they end up getting the guy that they're after right. and, and she punches him really well. Right. And then her fiance, Jake, he makes a joke about, what are you, what did you take up boxing? And then <laughs> oh, right. I like, that. actually, yep. yeah. yes. <laughs> Funny you should ask. Right. Just one leap ago. <laughs> exactly. I thought that was great. I missed yeah. it at first and then I rewound. Because he even he says, said, actually, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. He does. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. So is that something that occurred in the original series? Mm. Any kind of little links like that? Or was that just a little funny? So you're talking like specialized skills learned in one leap yeah. that he mm. is a reference to it. Like, well, yeah. like later he should be a great pilot because he learned to fly in the early one exactly. kind of thing. Is that what you mean? Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. So, yeah, I guess for Will, I'm asking, was it, were there any yeah. kind of little referential I, things like that? I, well, I, I, I'm, sh I'm sure there were, I can't give any specific examples, but I know he oh, does, no, even though he doesn't have memory of, you know, prior to him leaping, he does maintain mm -hmm. his memories from leap to leap. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe there are Which references would imply to skills. Yeah. So yeah, yeah in theory yeah. that would carry over too. Yeah. Cause he remembers <laughs> okay. characters and people he met. Like in that episode, I mentioned the final episode, the inadvertent uh, final episode of the whole series. When he starts yeah. seeing these names, hearing these names of characters, he knows he's, mm -hmm. he remembers. Mm -hmm. Wait a second. They're the registry. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Well, I just thought that was a yeah. funny moment. <laughs> All right. So episode five, yeah. salvation or bust. He, uh, ben leaps into 1898. Uh, back to the old West into the body of an aged ex gunslinger who was mm -hmm. summoned by his granddaughter to help save their town. Uh -huh. um, ben, <laughs> just get to the end of this episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm it's the best part. I'm skipping oh. right to it. Here we go. Oh, which one of us look, gets to talk again, about the whole this? Thing oh, is, you do it, Kat. I, watch, I the, about the last watch the show, everybody. Watch the show. Oh That's the part. God, We're just I telling you about the connections. The All right. What's this? What's this happens at the do end? Do it, Kat. Okay. So. Yeah. I'm watching the, towards the end mm -hmm. of, of mm -hmm. this episode and I'm like, huh, this is so familiar. Oh. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, gosh, like, you know, there's a montage feel and there's, I'm even thinking to myself, this might be too specific, but it's like, they're doing a whole lot yeah. in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. How can this be possible? And it's really reminding me so much of something I can't name. Okay. And then, and then I hear Ben's character say, "I love it when a plan oh. comes together." And I was like, "Arga, <laughs> oh my gosh!" That's not even my that favorite was, part, but that yes. was that's awesome. Not your favorite part? No, I was the, the whole A team yes. thing. Ah. Oh, that was yeah, amazing! That was and now I can't wait to hear what you're yeah. I, what you're going to say here. I'm making an assumption oh, that that was my it. favorite part <laughs> is this, this is the this is the holster we talked about where there's the serialized holster and they're putting bullets in. This is the uh -huh. this is the coda on the end of the episode where yeah. a guy walks up to him in the bar and calls him by name mm. and tells him Ooh, cut this shit out. It's like right. you can part. see me, you know who I am, yep. right? And that was that was like a mind blow. Like what? How does anybody, exactly. what the, now they explore that in the next episode when we get there. But when I watched this one, yeah. I, I was like, what, what's, what's happening? How could anybody possibly, mm -hmm. and they quickly start decoding it. 
I even have that in, in my notes. It says, Guy knew it was Ben mm-hmm. with four question marks. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> now we're days. talking, there's so much cool time travel crap that messes with your head that goes, spans this one into the next episode where they go and meet mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, yes, yes. These two episodes, yep. this one and the next mm-hmm. one sealed the, I will continue to watch this series. They're doing mm-hmm, cool time mm-hmm. travel crap. And like, oh, well, that hasn't happened yet. Like, that's cool. Yes. <laughs> Fans of the old show, when this episode occurred, said, wait a second. Does this mean that Quantum Leap has just introduced these characters from the original series that they were referred to as the evil leapers? So in the original show, there was just a group, this organization that they referred to as the evil leapers who tried to wrong every right made. They were doing the inverse oh. of what, what uh, Sam Beckett was doing. And sometimes oh, they were yeah. working in direct opposition, like trying to undo what he redid. Yeah. Um, the corrupt project, the, uh, the, the evil leapers, was run by Ziggy's, you know, uh, mirror image counterpart, um, Lothos, who was actually a smarter computer than Ziggy because it could pin, it could deter, decide where and when to send a leaper. Oh, like it could target. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which clearly had happened at the end of this episode. That guy was there looking for Ben. Yeah. And uh, when asked, uh, when TV Line spoke to the showrunner, Martin Guerrero, who I mentioned earlier in September, about the possibility of seeing evil leapers, he said, you, you just might. <laughs> All right. The final episode we're going to talk about today. And again, you guys should check it out. There's 12 more episodes that we didn't give so much away that you can't still fully enjoy these. Hopefully you'll oh, no. enjoy them more knowing these little connections to the original series that you may very well love already. Episode mm-hmm. six, what a disaster. The, mm-hmm. Now it turns out folks that you don't, you don't know this, but I only learned this from reading about it. This episode was the original pilot. So they shot What a Disaster, showed it to the network, mm-hmm. and the network said, we love this show. We're going mm-hmm. we're, we're to order it. We want whatever it is, 12 episodes. This isn't the pilot, though. Mm-hmm. So okay. they uh, did some rethinking, and they realized this wasn't the way they wanted to introduce the characters at first. And so mm-hmm. what we ultimately saw as a pilot, what we talked about episode one, where he leaps into the bank heist, mm-hmm. that was the show they created to introduce the new series. They pushed this one off to later in the season, episode six, and they did some reshoots to uh, tie it into the, you know, the longer, the larger narrative. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. wonder, were we supposed to be in the dark with Ben? If that was going to be the pilot episode, would we not have had that, mm. that prelude where we get to see them all at the party and we learn all their relationships? I wonder if we would have, like Ben, not oh. known he was engaged and not known right. who Addison was and how they were related. and Yeah. Like, you know, how would that have yeah. changed? Or maybe we would have still known it. We just yeah. then wouldn't have ever yeah. known. I, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. The, the mm-hmm. neat thing about the show is that it's kind of modular. So those scenes mm-hmm. could have been intact. And when he le- le- leapt, it still was sure. uh, to San yeah. Francisco, you know, in, in, in 1989. But yeah. maybe not, yeah. John, because like I mentioned to you, the original show, we were the first episode, we just spend it essentially in the perspective of Sam. We yeah. don't know yeah, more yeah. than he does. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't understand exactly. what Al is until like three quarters of the way into the first episode. Really? He thinks yeah. he's mm-hmm. seeing things mm-hmm. and going crazy, you know? Exactly. <laughs> finally, Al able to get him to understand. Yeah. Um, and believe him. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. so in this episode, he, he, Ben leaps into uh, John Harvey in San Francisco moments before the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake happens, mm. which is the one that famously uh, interrupted the World Series that year. Right. 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 Which is how the episode begins. Like they're like at a bar. Yeah. And it's, right. it's, it's the, uh, the opening ceremonies of this thing. He's like, that yep. game's not going to happen. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, like, uh, exactly. He's like, we need to get out of here. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. But uh, as, as John mentioned, back in the present timeline, there the, the team is, is rushing to try to figure out the identity of this mystery leaper. Yes. They learn who he is. Uh, I don't know if we should even talk about this. Maybe we should leave this all out. Hmm. Huh. This is the best time travel part. All right. Well, I guess we could say so. Yeah, I don't know that we need to get you know too much into detail. Oh, we know okay. yeah, leaper X. They learn who he is. All right. So they learn yeah. who the leaper is, or they, someone they refer to as Kat said, leaper X. But um, mm-hmm. when they dig further into this guy, uh, he doesn't seem like the character that Ben ran into. Right. Yeah. He's right, a right. squeaky yeah. clean Marine, isn't yeah. he? He's just <laughs> a great guy. And he's like super, like he is a, a crisp ironed collar military yep. guy he's like have mm-hmm. i done something wrong tell me why i'm mm-hmm. here i see all these all this brass here out of uniform and i know something's up what like yeah. he's mm-hmm. ready to fall on a sword or do whatever because he is absolutely going by the book yeah. and we know what he's going to do in the future that he's not done yet that's that that whole scene that's, was awesome that's mind bending and doesn't magic says something in this episode he says this makes my head hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Again, reminded me of our discussion with uh, <laughs> right. time travel. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so because this guy is like, you know, John's explaining, he's so squeaky clean, they, they determined that it must be that he's going to be a leaper in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which leads Makes them sense. to theorize there's three explanations for the fact that you could even have this guy. One, there's a rival country who also developed a sleeping technology. Two, you've got mm-hmm. an, uh, mm-hmm. you know, evil billionaire who's uh, doing it. Think uh, Elon Musk. Or, or option. Why does he got to be evil? Okay, yeah. <laughs> or, or the, he's uh, just bored. I just want to go to space. <laughs> or option three, or I guess the guy just wasting his money on nonsense. Right. Yeah. Or option three, the leap is coming from inside Quantum Leap itself, and the mystery leaper originated from their organization just some point in the future. And we don't know the answer. Yeah, even, even, that's right. Yeah. No. So I, I'm going to say nothing about the next two episodes, plot wise or anything, other than to say, mm-hmm. if there are people who are not giving this show a chance, yeah. mm-hmm. there are more, like once you get to like number three or four, every episode, there's a cool stinger that tells yeah. you more of the unfolding overarching mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. At the mm-hmm. end of seven, there's one, which is kind of a pseudo Halloween story, very tightly tied to the exorcist. And then episode eight, uh, another great, and you get to the end of that episode and you're like, I thought my mind was blown at the end of seven. And there's another cool reveal. They yeah. just, they keep doing these cool page turns <laughs> yep. that make me like, I wish I could be binging it. Like I want to see the next episode now, mm-hmm. but I got to wait a week. Yeah. And I'm in big trouble with John. Cause I couldn't talk about it. Keep <laughs> up. Come oh, on. I'm ready. John. <laughs> Okay, but, I'll talk know, to Will. And that's the contemporary sort of, you know, storytelling element. Like we talked about, a good portion of this is so much like what we're used to and, and love and mm-hmm. familiar from the, the shows that we grew up with in the 80s. But that new contemporary sort of way of hooking you at the end so that you want, yeah. you can't wait to see the next one. That's a more contemporary thing. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, yeah. As far as Easter eggs this episode, we kind of touched on it already, this idea of the evil leapers. One thing I didn't mention about the evil leapers is that it's implied that this supercomputer, you know, the Ziggy equivalent, Lothos, controls the leapers. In fact, controls multiple leapers at, at, at a time. However, mm-hmm. it's also suggested that the leaps are at least partially controlled by some other entity, presumably the devil. What? Now, while that sounds crazy and supernatural for a show that seemed otherwise based in science, I'll remind you that yeah. in the last episode, uh, Sam meets a character in this weird nexus mm. of time and space okay. that may be right. mm-hmm. played by Bruce McGill, that may be God. And in an earlier episode, in the very first episode, Al says to Sam that, that the fact that he's leaping from these moments and mm-hmm. seeming to help out 
it may be that he says God or time was waiting for you to start leaping. Mm-hmm. Huh. So I've noticed an interesting parallel between this new Quantum Leap series and another now defunct series that I adored called yep. Timeless. Hmm. Have oh, you ever watched don't Timeless? I remember that. <laughs> oh, do yourself a favor or ruin your weekend by filling it up. Go find <laughs> Timeless. Timeless. <laughs> yeah. It was it was effectively people leaping through time. A big time travel nut. You never watched Timeless Will? I can't believe it. No, I haven't heard of that one. But you really look, I'm a fan of time oh. travel. You are like a super, you are super clearly a super fan of time travel. <laughs> well, I think I think I think we're on par, but but this had people leaping through time and it had bad people leaping through time and they would meet up in different places. They were chasing pe- people through time in these time mm. machines because one group was trying to screw huh. things up and the other group would go and try to fix it. Very quantum okay. leapy, mm. both old and new, same mm-hmm. idea. And also the show is structured similarly too. how you have the overarching serial that they only touch on kind of at the beginning and the end when they're back home. And otherwise mm. you just have these big time adventures in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if it you haven't watched like there's Timeless, more people. Oh, sorry. The, there are, right. There's, there, there's a group of people, people who are pi- pilot the ship. Exactly. Right. right so. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So look, as I said earlier, just to finish this out, uh, Magic's goal for reviving this project is to save Sam. So of course the natural question comes, do we ever, are we ever going to see Sam on the show? If you recall, uh, when they first okay. talked about rebooting this series or continuing the series a few years ago, Dean mm-hmm. Stockwell was definitely on board. Unfortunately, he passed away mm-hmm. in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Dean was on board. Scott, we weren't sure about. He seemed like he was, you know, teasing it. Well, now mm-hmm. Dean Stockwell has passed away. And at the beginning of mm-hmm. September, Bakula uh, publicly turned down the role saying, here's a simple version of what's going on with the Quantum Leap reboot and me. I have no connection with the new show, either in front of the camera or behind it. As so many of you have been asking me the last several months, how could you do Quantum Leap without Sam or Al for that matter? Well, I guess we're about to find out. I just want to go on record and say, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, also (laughs) liars. Well, (laughs) hmm, interesting, interesting. Well, so so Bakula wouldn't be the first person to publicly insist he's not involved in a project just to keep okay. the surprise good. Now, I could be totally wrong. I'm just saying there is precedent in Hollywood. Yeah. Do we have a case of Janice here? The two-faced. Ooh, <laughs> two-faced <laughs> Bacula telling the public one thing and secretly well, planning to- Does this change your, uh, your your opinion of that? The, according to the showrunner, Martin Garrow, he hasn't given up. Garrow says that even though Bacula turned it the role down, he will, quote, respectfully always ask him to do the show. That's what I would say if I already had Bacula in my <laughs> pocket and didn't want to spill the beans, right? I mean, you can't Ooh. trust- yeah. It's so hard to keep a secret in Hollywood that if if mm-hmm. if one person in the trust chain says, oh, yeah, Scott's on board. Well, then you've ruined uh-huh. this amazing surprise that will yeah. come in season whatever. So yeah. even if he's in, nobody's going to say he is. That's that's what I yeah. do. And apparently, according mm-hmm. to Garrett, he has a really cool idea of how to bring him back. And Don, Don Bellastano, uh, Pete Belisario and Deborah Pratt know the idea and they love it, too. Um, Garrett said that he will keep uh, trying all he can but quote, mm-hmm. I want to be able to call his managers just enough where they feel like I want him on the show, but not enough where they're like, this is a possible stalker situation. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, the, the day Bacula shows up on this show, I'm going to do a lap around the house and they'll come back and unpause it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a pale. Even though I wasn't heavily invested. Yeah. The fact that they've continued the story. Yeah. 
You know, it's mm-hmm. like I don't know a whole lot about World War One because I didn't live during it. Yeah. But I care mm-hmm. and I am impassioned about soldiers who fought for uh, for, you know, for for peace during that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the same way that I care about the old quantum leap that I didn't watch a lot. The fact that this new one I care about means I care about the history. So now I care about Sam's character. I now I care about Bacula being back. Yeah. yeah. That's what you get when you continue instead of reboot. Pay attention, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I want to say, uh, I guess in my closing statement is, and Kat, you, might, you have your own thoughts about it, is I want to say I was wrong because, uh, you know, originally I made a comment when we talked about this show starting a couple of weeks ago. I said, look, it reminds me of the old show. I don't know if that's good or bad or yeah. not, or good right. or bad yet. Mm-hmm. But one of the I comments I made was, is that the lead character, uh, Raymond Lee, who plays uh, Ben, Dr. Mm-hmm. Ben Song, wasn't mm-hmm. even alive. He wasn't born when the first uh, mm-hmm. episode aired of the original series. You know, right. and I, I do make these comments about almost feel almost like gatekeeping, which, you know, we know is a bad thing <laughs> where like younger people who weren't there can't somehow, you know, yeah. be a part of uh, something that we love from our, our youth's end. Mm-hmm. You know, Quantum Leap's premise itself is to protect the past in order to enable the future. Sure. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I was doing the one part of it, but not for the other, for the mm, reasons right. of the future generations. <laughs> and of course, uh-huh. in both series, it was a young person who travels back that helps yes. with this effort. So mm. I want to say yeah. I was wrong. And I realized, you know, and I was just thinking about getting again, this recent election. So frustrating to me. This is this too political. We have so many old folks in office. And I know this from personal experience. Part of it is mm-hmm. they don't want to give up power. So they don't even let farm teams get developed or play a role in developing farm teams of new young candidates mm-hmm. to come up. I know this from my own mm-hmm. local politics story of years ago. Anyway, <laughs> sure. I realized I yeah. think I was yeah. doing that same thing I criticize, criticize politicians for by trying right. to box out these uh, younger actors and characters in this new show. <laughs> and I was wrong. They're fantastic. Thank you guys for keeping something from the, uh, making something from the 1980s relevant now. I'm going to name a show yes. after that. We should, yeah, we should make a podcast about making eighty stuff relevant. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put that out there. I'm gonna call the show nineteen eighties <laughs> relevant now. There was something that's not an overarching thing. I love the thing the what you guys said about the show. I'm I'm hooked. Like I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm in. <laughs> and it's I'm totally fine with the, the connections with the old show yep, and yep. I love the love the new twists. Um I mentioned something that I was kinda, you know, like, all right, they're packing a lot in here, you know, like it, it seemed a little not contrived, but it's like he knows too yeah. much. Yeah, kind of um, forced almost. I, I don't know what you meant. Yeah, I, it's, I it's yeah. on occasion, yeah. but it's fine. It's mm-hmm. fine. Um, there was one thing that I wrote down here. It says, how come nobody notices him talking to himself? Oh. <laughs> so whenever he's having a conversation <laughs> with Addison, and I, I don't remember noticing mm. this quite as much as yeah. with um, Sam and, and Al, but he, Ben and Addison are having these full on long conversations, conversations right. in social settings where Ben's, you know, or whatever, whatever body he's in. You want to tell us, Kat, they address this specifically in episode eight in an amazing way. <gasps> Thank you. Um, okay. And actually in the first, <laughs> they don't address <laughs> yeah. it, but they, well, yeah. they, they mm-hmm. use it. I'll yes, say. Yes. Yeah. Oh, excellent. And in the first okay. episode, right. actually they are, the folks are watching Sam talk to an invisible Al. And they are commenting uh-huh. on it, and are they? Yeah. They, they uh, oh. again, the, the character he jumps into at first is a prankster, so they're like, they're like the imaginary friend gags getting old, you know. <laughs> I mean, to, to the point, cat, that in the eighth episode, Addison is almost involved in conversations, almost, yeah, oh. almost. It's pretty crazy. 
That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Catch up so I can talk to you about it. (laughs) I got to catch up. I can't wait. And Will, yes, thank you. I forgot about that. I do remember that now from the original. That's right. They were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. He he looked like he was talking to himself. (laughs) So check it out. Let us know what you think about the new show. We think that, you know, again, if you like the even old show a little bit, you'll definitely enjoy this show. All right. Hey, that's our show now. Hopefully you enjoyed this show. You may not have made it. Or you let, maybe you leapt here from the past when I said later or before (laughs) or after. All right, Kat, that was the eighth time. Except in our universe, all that is is just the skip ahead button. Yeah, skip. Maybe you skip that. All right. Well, we're going to skip ahead and we are going to thank the folks who helped make this happen. And that includes our early adopters like Kathy Burke, Rick Parker, and Karen Flieger. And thank you, of course, especially to our secret of our success level Patreon supporters, John Henderson, Mm -hmm. Craig Coletta, John Kaminsky, Marcus Taylor, and Tony Great. Great. And to become a Patreon supporter, visit us at 1980snow.com slash support. There's a link there. You could do that or go to patreon.com slash 1980snow. But there's also plenty of free ways you can help us too. Seriously, share an episode, share a post, follow us on Facebook, subscribe to the YouTube channel, or just make a comment on a post here uh, regarding our Simpson ep- Simpsons episode, which was last week. Yeah. Uh, Mecca of Speed on Instagram commented, was walking the dog with earbuds in laughing and making remarks. If people look at me strange, I blame 19 1980s now. There you go. Uh, You're welcome. Or he's having a conversation because he's leaped into somebody else's body. Could be. Yes. He's got a holographic, <laughs> holographic buddy talking to her. Yeah. Yes. With regard to that same episode, uh, in particular reference to our conversation about how Al- Elvira was uh, censored, Eric on Facebook mm-hmm. writes, those pixels are impressive. <laughs> uh, the episode was great. It's two bit. And finally, uh, I received a note from Marcus if you remember oh. several episodes ago, episodes ago oh. now, we challenged Marcus to find any yeah. uh, instance of Harrison Ford praising uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Marcus has tried two times before. This is with different uh, <laughs> clips that we have okay. deemed uh, insufficient. Marcus writes, sorry it mm-hmm. took me so long to follow up on this. Got sidetracked. And this is oh. the clip he sent in. It's an interview uh, that Harrison Ford had with Conan O'Brien uh, in anticipation of the premiere of Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. People will go see this movie. Yeah. They will see this movie. Well, I'm glad they will, and I, I'm very grateful for that support. I think we got a good movie. I'm yeah. Very, I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Winner. Wow. There you go. I, I, I declare a winner. If he hadn't said, I'm very happy with it, yeah. I would have said no, because he said, I think it's a good movie. <laughs> he wasn't sure. Halfway he through, he realized. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, actually, yeah. he Uh-oh. said, I think, right? A technicality. Yeah. Poor Marcus. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to give him the W. I offered to send Marcus a, a, a t-shirt, but uh, I think uh, Ooh. he may be happy just being half nude. All right. Hey, <laughs> folks, we will talk to you next time on a much shorter episode uh, on 1980s Now. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> This podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness.